like a buddy cop movie where both guys are the loose cannon. It's Sin the Fields. Welcome to Sin the Fields. I'm Tad Whistle. I'm Patrick Stegemeller. Pat, it is our end of the year busties episode. Mm. Our third one, and we will be awarding our gender neutral golden busts to some of the finest and most impactful categories of the calendar year. Yeah, I mean, this is the big one. This is what everyone laces up the cleats, dusts off the old Twitter keyboard for every year. Gender neutral golden busts. Some great past winners. You've got Andrew Rocco drawing a bunch of dicks before playing Pittsburgh in the quarterfinals. You've got the kid who wrote Bush did 9-11 on a sign and got on ESPN. Um <laughs> At Club Nationals last year. So some hallowed footsteps that uh, we'll be following in today. No shortage of, I don't know, insanity and upsets and moments and scandals and great plays and great players this year. So it should be exciting to dive into that. But first, Pat, the holidays, Christmas. Mm. Hey, Merry Christmas, man. Hey, Merry Christmas to you, too. (laughs) Slappy holidays. How you holding up? I'm doing pretty well. So, all things considered, I uh, I got back from Europe um, just before the holidays. Uh, had a kind of hellish travel situation. Where there was some missed flights. Oh, a bunch of my luggage is just lost. Oh God. Which is great because it's like all of my material possessions, <laughs> like somewhere in Iceland or something. At one point, I had to like. Uh, so I, my connecting flight from London to DC was in Iceland and my flight got delayed so I was barely making the connection and it's one of those airports where it's like you have to plane and deplane like out on the tarmac because okay. I don't have enough space at the gate okay. and I'd missed the shuttle out to the plane but uh, it was still there and you kind of see it so and it's like this like very dispassionate cold Icelandic you know like we only get an hour of sunlight a, you know a day up here at this time of year and they're like well the plane's still there so you can like try to make it if you want so I had to like sprint across a tarmac <laughs> it's like icy and pitch black and there's planes <laughs> coming back it's like I don't know I feel like Nicolas Cage probably had to do this at some point in a movie or something <laughs> I'm just, like, this deranged person arriving at the at the plane uh but yeah i've all, all told uh i i'm i'm whole i'm well i'm back in america recording this at a reasonable hour uh it's not like 3 30 in the morning this is actually the is most nuts. reasonable hour we've ever recorded an oh episode yeah of Fields. <laughs> in whatever 52 53 episodes this is far and away the earliest we've ever recorded absolutely but i'm uh i'm doing pretty well how about you man you uh get anything good for christmas or not screw up any gift giving too horribly. I know last year you got a pulsar like the day after the MLU folded. <laughs> yeah, three days after the MLU folded, uh, in a secret Santa with my girlfriend's family, I got this like sweet pulsar and I opened it and I was like, oh, this is awesome. And uh, Katie's sister goes, oh, is is that the right one? Because there were like a couple of choices. I'm like, I'm like, no, not at all. But this is great. Like, <laughs> I'm like, they use this in the league that just folded two days ago. And she's like, so do you want to return it? I've got a gift receipt. So, and I'm like, no, 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 no. This is, this is too good. You know, it, it was a good holiday. The only real faux pas happened last night when we did like a uh, a cousins party. So like my girlfriend's cousins and. You know, they're all adults, so we went to this bar, and, uh, you know, we're having some drinks or whatever, and I'm, like, standing by the Mega Touch machine with one of Katie's brothers, and I'm like, hey, what do you say we play a little photo hunt? Maybe a erotic photo hunt. We'll do the hunks. And he's like, oh, yeah, cool. So we look at the hunks thing, and it's just, like, a, a good-looking guy with his shirt off, you know, chiseled, you know, like uh, Daniel Craig. Sure. So- <laughs> We, you know, we get, like, get the quarters, you know, put them in there. And the first hunks thing goes off without a hitch. Second hunks pick, just full-on, you know, like, nine-inch hard-on <laughs> this guy has. And I'm like, okay, you know what? Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and then, so, like, we're reacting, and then people are coming over, including, like, Katie's, like, 21-year-old cousin who's, like, just allowed at the bar now. It Is was this like, what goes on in here? <laughs> <laughs> But it was good. It was. It was. A, <laughs> at least they got like the real experience. So I kind of pulled the curtain back, and uh, you know, just a guy that dates your sister and plays erotic photo hunt by himself at bars. <laughs> Merry Christmas! All right. Well, uh, we're hopping from one holiday to the next. New Year's Eve coming up shortly. But before 
2017 ends, I've got to send it off right by handing out some busties. We had a few new categories this year, and I think we're going to start with some of those. Our first one here, a new one, we're going to do turnover of the year. And uh, now this category, I mean, it's a little open to interpretation. Is it, you know, is it the worst physical gaffe? Is it a turnover that, you know, really believed in itself? And that's, I think, I think where we went on this a little bit was, you know, a turnover that there was a lot of self-confidence involved. You know, it, it was a turnover you can be proud of, maybe. Well, maybe not proud of, but <laughs> our nominees for this are, we've got Joe White of Carlton, double game point in the semifinals of Nationals against UMass freshman coming in on the line nerves all a flutter catches an in cut and just rips a 50 yard backhand to no one just a giant pile turnover but you know what appreciate the confidence on that young man yeah way to way to go for it and uh you need to keep making plays like that you might find yourself with some stf (laughs) all-stars swag one day as long as you don't get too good so kind of just keep your career there where you're good enough to get time on double game point but also crazy enough to turn it over all right next we've got uh also from college national steven benelo from washington who tad i don't know if you were there to see this in person um there it's also against umass uh 13-12 game point washington receiving ben sadok throws this crazy blade pull it's coming in screaming out of the air at 45 degrees and Benelo not only tries to catch it at about ankle level but oh, also God. is kind of trying to like milk it forward for like a few extra you know how you would like in a zone right where you catch he tried to kind of do that while catching uh just like a rocket ship headed for his ankles <laughs> and dropped it and Washington immediately lost and uh yeah ended up as a result you know not being able to win their pool and the whole thing kind of went south so uh so that's another you know turnover you can kind of it's the confidence it's the confidence in that young man even in a big situation and it was the lefty spin is the reason he dropped it you know how like uh belichick likes to have a left-footed punter same idea (laughs) and then lastly here uh our last nominee for turnover of the year is the unc wilmington texting scandal yeah um all right so (laughs) yeah (laughs) Cool. Uh, this is tough. These are three qualified candidates. And the busty goes to Joe White. Double game point, college semis, throwing a moon ball to the entire UMass defense. If they had lost that game, if Carlton had lost, how many times a day do you think Joe White would think about that? You know what? Because he's a shark, and because he's the kind of guy who makes that throw, zero. Yeah, just you're not making that throw if you're if you're worried about thinking about it afterwards. Next play, next play. Yeah, <laughs> there's no way that's true. <laughs> Absolutely no way that's true. <laughs> All right, our next category here, and this is a new one as well: hottest take of the year. So not necessarily worst. Not necessarily best, but hottest, as in just the take that created as much incineration and destruction as possible in its wake. One that just scorches your eyebrows off when you read it. (laughs) All right, Pat, our first nominee, and this is uh, quite a take, Ultimate Rob from Mm. Canada and WFDF with his take that the patriarchy doesn't exist. It was cool to follow along on Twitter, because I had known about Ultimate Rob, and I'd watched his videos from the time I was a wee lad in college looking for any kind of Ultimate content, not like uh, the amount of content that's out there that these spoiled motherfuckers have today. (laughs) And I'd watched him, like, slowly, like, you know, put beans into, like, a huge grain silo and, like, fill it up with, like, Frisbee credibility and, like, throwing videos... (laughs) <laughs> and a maximum time aloft record while on skates. Like that he has a video of that, like him ripping this disc in the air on skates, which is like the most Canadian record of all time. And then over the course of about eleven or twelve tweets, I watched it all disappear. Just pulled it all out of the silo. It was just yeah, just it was all gone after that. 
Yeah, I would I would say this take. It's less that the take itself is that hot because I think there's like a decent corner of the internet that shares that opinion, <laughs> but it's more just the self-immolation that occurred with it. Uh, and as he tried to defend himself over the next 30 minutes, lighting himself on fire by doing so, I think provided most of the heat from that take. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the physical heat. Another hot take, Pat, this year that really can't be overlooked. It's by one of the, uh, I really don't know how to describe this person other than they are the alpha and the omega of our great sport. I'm talking, of course, about Brody Smith. And Brody's take from Twitter can't help but think how useful a frisbee shield would be to me if I was in Game of Thrones. I've thought about this every night before I go to sleep. Just the way the way it's worded, the if I was in the Game of Thrones oh, yeah, is just this like <laughs> it's just like it's like someone who like only watches the show in like Slovenian or something with subtitles and also just how quickly you would die if you did try to do that. And then, why did he tweet that? What was he thinking about that led him to this? How does he... Does he fantasize about using frisbees to kill people now? I, it's just... There's <laughs> there's so much going on there. And he and and it's also such a terrible idea. <laughs> like, imagine... You know, imagine he's like one of those characters they introduce, like... Like, I, you know, I'm, the, I'm the, the rattlesnake, and I have poisonous, you know dives and i can throw them and do it or whatever and he's just like well i have a piece of plastic and i'll throw it a bunch of hashtag dark horse with right. <laughs> stabbed in the throat immediately <laughs> yeah and then so uh the next nominee here and this one coming from down under from australia it is the president of australian ultimate jonathan potts who in, it's sort of a, a post in support of the AUDL boycott um, included the sentence, how is this different from apartheid in sports? Which is a take so hot, it's like the it's like the the challenger going up and you the, the fumes and gas of just the launch combined with the, the explosion and just complete immolation <laughs> everywhere. I don't that's that is the single i re- physically reacted when i heard that that is that's like <laughs> you know like the old Chappelle show skit when keeping it real goes wrong this is like <laughs> when making your takes hot go wrong <laughs> like, it's just fuck me fuck you this is apartheid i remember we <laughs> we have a, a a south african on our staff here graham and i remember him putting in our slack just like no no, it's not. This is not. <laughs> I know what apartheid is. This is not what apartheid is. You know, I'm not South African or Australian, but I've got to say, I just like the fact that President Potts didn't minimize the apartheid. <laughs> you know, I think he did a good job of Jesus Christ. <laughs> like... Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's a very accurate comparison because for her part in the boycott, Hannah Leathers has been locked in prison for 20 years. <laughs> Yeah, and it's only a $200 fine for killing a member of the boycott. <laughs> All right, and then our last nominee for hottest take of the year is the UNC Wilmington texting scandal. Whew. Man, that was a fucking sweet take. <laughs> All right, you want to open the envelope there? And the winner is, Pat. It's kind of senseless to get these envelopes for this. Because no one can <laughs> well, see we got to use up our expenses budget for 2017 the Australian ultimate president comparing the AUDL to apartheid yeah not surprising there Uh, saw that one coming the whole way okay obviously that's lunacy that that's a thing a crazy person says that doesn't help anybody but I don't want to undermine the seriousness of what the boycott is and I think we should address it kind of quickly like there's more time for like a more in-depth discussion on this probably on the next show because we're doing the recap and everything right now. We're talking about 2017. This is the biggest story coming out of 2017. I just real quick, you have like a, a stance and this is a complicated issue. So it's reductive to kind of say like, what's your take? Go. But, you know, just something to leave people to chew on as we enter the new year. Blow it up. <laughs> Blow it all up. No more AUDL. 
for me, like my personal agenda of just wanting everything to go back to Club Ultimate because Club is so much more fun. That's like my angle on, you know, that's my vested interest uh, <laughs> is, to, is to just like, let's go back to Club when everything was cool and like you would go to a tournament and there would be like, like Motown Throwdown or Chicago Heavyweights where there were like, you know, 60 some teams across all divisions there. Like, Chesapeake, you know, instead of picking and choosing and dividing up the summer. And as long as everyone agrees to stop yelling, <laughs> you know, if both sides, if, you know, if, if the like equity now or nothing side, even if the AUDL were to say like, okay, next year we'll go mixed. We don't have the infrastructure to possibly go mixed right now. If like, that's not good enough, which seems just kind of like silly. If that's if that would, if the boycott would not end there, and also the Reddit trolls who are like nineteen-year-olds, uh, if everybody stops, then let's just let's just let's just move on. Let's move on to like just let's <laughs> let's go back to club. Let's get back to our roots. So you're you're like the libertarian wing of the debate. <laughs> you've got like you've got like the Republicans and the Democrats like trying to figure something out, and you're on the like guys. I just don't want there to be hospitals. So whichever. <laughs> I want the free market to decide who gets to recover from a stab wound. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Where can I get the best price? Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, look, it's clearly a really complicated issue. And I think it's disingenuous for either side to say it isn't. I'm not personally going to sign the boycott, but I do support the larger goal here. Uh, I personally think the ADL should go mixed. And this is coming from someone I don't really like mixed ultimate. I think that it is just a worse version of the game than open or women's. Perfect scenario, perfect world, I would want an open league and a women's league. Yeah, me too, for sure. <clears throat> but we're not good enough at Ultimate, like as humans, to compete with the NFL, the NBA, the WNBA. Like, they are so much better at their sport than even the best of us are. So we're not going to compete if you're the ADL and if you're, you're trying to promote Frisbee, you're not going to compete because your sport is being played at the highest possible level because the average person doesn't know the difference. The average person is like, hey, look how far that disc went. So I don't think it kills the league to go to put a worse product on the field if you're going to be able to bring in gender equity support and if you are going to be able to engage elements of fandom that were not previously untapped. I do also think that we have to recognize that the structural inequalities that exist have an impact and going mixed helps to address those but you need to have the conversation in a way that recognizes what people are seeing and what people's experiences are so the gender discrimination that exists it has effects the lack of playing opportunities the lack of funding the lack of coverage all of that sort of contributes to a inferior product if that's what we want to call it than what we see from a men's open division and that's not that's not because women are inherently worse at the game it is because of the very things that we need to fix and the structural inequalities that exist that we need to address by doing things like going mixed you know it's it's the same reason that top to bottom if you look go, go to club nationals it's tough to it's tough to point to 16 elite women's club teams and it's also frankly it's almost kind of tough to point to 16 men's but there's just more because more men play because they have better playing opportunities so these sort of systemic issues that exist this is what we need to address but i think we also need to be sort of open and honest about what we're talking about here and we can we can get more into this later um i guess i just i <laughs> let's go mixed because humans aren't good enough at Ultimate yet that it really matters what the best <laughs> played version of the sport is. Um, and let's realize that the gender imbalances that exist need to be fixed, but also that they do have current effects. And I think we need to have this conversation. We need to be open about that. That's my piece. As much as I, I personally, in a lot of ways, resent mixed... When you see a non-practicing mixed club team make nationals, it's like, okay, fuck mixed. You know, like, that's wrong. That's everything that's wrong with sport in general. Like, you shouldn't be able to, you know, to retire from women's or to retire from open club and go and go mixed and, like, have a ton of success. I think that that, you know, that's, like, what I hate about a lot of good mixed teams. 
that's not the case with every mixed team, and that's something that would change if the AUDL were were to go mixed. Like it wouldn't be you wouldn't have people playing drunk at nationals like no touching two years ago. There aren't enough fans that that want to go out and watch men's right now. You know, there right. there there's not enough fans for that. And a women's league or any other league, another men's league, you know, a, a, a mixed league that, that happened, it would have to happen at the same time as the AUDL for the majority of the season. And that would splinter and divide that small fan base so that sustainability would not be possible at all. And from that standpoint, I would support the league going mixed or the league just going away. Women need more playing opportunities. You're talking about the systems that are in place where women don't have as many. I think a lot of those exist at the youth level. You know, there, there aren't enough, you know, high school girls coaches. There aren't enough middle school girls coaches. Um, right. There aren't enough women's clinics that happen locally. And those are all things that the AODL can address, but it needs to continue to exist to do so. Right. It can't do it from, you know, yeah, from, from nothing. So just to, to, have, to have some kind of platform as inequitable as it is now, is, I think, important. And it creates visibility and that they can do a lot of things. And they should be held accountable to do a lot of those things. But two leagues, it's just not going to work. I would love to watch women's leagues. That Molly Brown Revolution game was fantastic when you think about stuff like that. But just like, you know, two leagues won't work. And I think mixed could. And especially, and I think that's a really important point, because for full-on equity or even just equality, it would have to be a 24-team women's league. And you're just not going to find 24 teams that can sustain themselves. No, look it's at just, yeah, look at the markets. Yeah, it's, it doesn't even work in men's. And, and that's the thing, too. It's, it's, it's different across different areas of the country. In Seattle or San Francisco, there's still gender imbalances, but coverage is probably the largest imbalance, not playing opportunities, not youth development. You go to Indy, or Michigan or something like that, then it's a different story. It's not just coverage. Coverage probably mirrors the actual playing opportunities you have in a place like that. So this is, I'm sure, a discussion we'll continue to have over the next few shows. This issue isn't going anywhere, and it shouldn't. It's really important. And we would love to you know, continue to have this conversation. I just have one more thing I want to say, Pat, because yeah, yeah. this is something that uh, I think we'll definitely talk about in coming episodes. What'll be interesting to me, what I keep thinking about with the boycott is, let's say the AUDL does nothing. Mm-hmm. If the AUDL does nothing and just continues as planned, where you'll see drop-off in terms of results and where it might eventually get to owners is in these ultimate communities with club, leagues, pickup, is like how much of a pariah men become for playing in the AUDL. You know, like, and that'll mm-hmm. be city by city. That'll be market by market. So, like, yeah, are you perceived as against equity by playing? And in some cities, that may be the case. How much social capital will that person lose by playing in the ADL? And that's where that'll be really interesting to follow. Yeah, definitely. And that's, I guess, what we're saying. The story isn't going anywhere. It's going to impact all of 2018. And, uh, yeah, it's a conversation that I look forward to having over the course of the year. So please let us know what you think on Twitter at Sinthefields. Email us, Sinthefields at ultiworld.com. If anyone who is a supporter of the boycott signed it wants to come on and talk to us about it, I'm sure we can make that happen. But that is going to be a continuing story for 2018 because the orchestra probably should have played that acceptance speech off somewhere about 20 minutes ago because we have some more awards (laughs) to hand out. We're going to take a quick break here. One of our, oh, our last Tiger Reads of 2017. Get some word from our sponsors, but stick around. We've got more Sin the Fields coming right up. Sin the Fields. Sin the Fields is brought to you by Tiger Ultimate. Tiger Ultimate allows you to focus on your game while creating your uniforms. Tiger redefines quality, simplicity, and speed with a dedicated staff working for you along the way. Go to tigaultimate.com STF to get your free shipping discount code. Pat, it is a somber moment for us here. Our last Tiger read of 2017. Yeah, hey, you know, what's something that might cheer you up, though? Hey, guess what I uh, got for Christmas? What's that? 
Well, on the first day of Christmas. Oh my god. My uh my true love gave to <laughs> oh me a tiger in a pear tree. And uh on the second day of Christmas. Okay. My true love gave to me two tigers gently caressing my undercarriage with their compression shorts and a tiger in a pear tree. Okay. On the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me three tiger hats, two tigers gently caressing my undercarriage with compression shorts, and a tiger in a pear tree. Mm. Now, on the fourth day of Christmas, Mm -hmm. my true love gave to me four tigers sweating on their sweatbands, mm-hmm. three tiger hats, two tigers gently caressing my undercarriage as compression shorts, and a tiger in a pear tree. Mm. On the fifth day of Stop Christmas. it. That's enough. <laughs> Jesus, God. <laughs> How long could it have gone on? I mean, I guess only up to 12, but... But then it's all going all the way back down, and it's... Oh, yeah, it'd be tough not to fuck it up. Although, we're sober this episode. Woo! Really? Yeah, I'm not drinking. Are you drinking? Five gold rings! Jesus fucking Christ. Well, Pat, another great service done to a great apparel company. Tyga, we love you. We hope we see you in the new year. And if Uncle Chuck comes asking for a few more shekels... Please give it to him because you're the only hope of us ever getting sponsored because we are straight up toxic. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Layout Gloves. (laughs) Uh, All right. Next award here, Busty. We're giving out to Game of the Year. Some good ones. Some good ones this year. First nominee, Florida Double Wide from Nationals. Now, was it the worst played game of Ultimate ever put to film? Maybe. (laughs) But it's the most viewed ulti-world game ever <laughs> on a live stream. And it gave us so, so much to digest and ruminate on. And also that gif of the dude on Florida popping the double-wide guy in the face in the high-five oh, line. Yeah. Oh, oh, that was so... And then people on Reddit being like, I personally know this guy. It wasn't <laughs> intentional. It's like, eh. <laughs> Uh, then we've got um, Revolution v. Riot, the semifinal from the U.S. Open, which wasn't particularly close. It was it was like 15-10, 15-11, something like that, but just a wild game. And with the atmosphere, you know, got all the teams there at the end of the weekend. You've got Revolution really sort of like showing that their Death Star is fully operational. That was just an incredible atmosphere, incredible game. There's still the maybe one of the best gifts this year is Cardenas throwing that around backhand break under the laying, laying out Chino Dome. Oh, so good. Yeah, that was that was great. And our the next nominee, the UNC UNC Wilmington men's college semifinal, the last game of the night, pouring rain. Jack Williams goes off for nine assists, UNC lights itself on fire, builds itself up again, lights that back on fire, builds a sandcastle, sandcastle gets knocked down. This time they build it out of bricks so the wolf can't blow it down, but the wolf is Jack Williams, so he's got an atom bomb to drop on it. Uh, Just an absolutely crazy game. Wilmington slowly gaslit UNC into playing their game and going crazy and just making insane mistakes so that by the end of it it was just sheer chaos and it ended on that crazy huck where Williams is unmarked the best player on the field is just unmarked on universe point because UNC's just eating themselves from inside their own brains also <laughs> I mean to beat Denardis fuck you know Denardis loses in semis a lot but he gets to semis all the fucking time and our final nominee here Pat uh-huh. The UNCW texting scandal. Hmm. All right. You know, a lot of nominees, but no no wins so far on the night. And the winner is... It's the Revolution Riot game from US Open. And I think the thing here to take away from this, as with some of our past winners, is it's all about atmosphere. Semis are almost always the best. And this is something we almost need to address is that having finals by themselves in the middle of the day 
is really damn. When's the last final you saw where the atmosphere was really intense? I mean, mm. you know, the atmosphere was pretty good in Rockford just because those games were so great. But, you know, it was Rockford and meh. The right. semis games are always incredible. and But just this one, seeing, yeah, seeing Revolution just come like Attila the Hun burning and pillaging on the 4th of July. Right. You know, just, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, a team called Revolution on the 4th of July. Handing America its ass. Yeah. That's what's great about the USAU format is semis happens and everyone else at the tournament is licensed to get horribly drunk because it's not the finals and they don't like, I need to go. Like, I have work. (laughs) So for semis, yeah, you get to act a fool. It's awesome. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, Tournaments should just end at semis, and there should be two winners. Mm. Hot take. Can we, go, can we recut the hot takes <laughs> segment? Oh, good lord. Look, I mean, first place is all a construct anyways. I'm fine with that. All right, next up here, we've got player of the year. Three nominees for this one. First nominee, Jesse Schaffner. Second nominee, Parker Bray. Third nominee... The UNC Wilmington texting scandal. Ooh. Oh, man. This is tough. You know, I don't know about player of the year for the texting scandal, but maybe player of the year. If you uh, catch catch my drift on that one. Oh. <laughs> mm. Dear that's, that's... God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> you know, I think this is, you know, Schaffner is great. She was just involved in everything, right? You know, first female player to make an AUDL roster. Big semis run with Molly Brown. Gets that incredible layout block on Jorgensen in the quarterfinals. Oh, that was so uh, sick. And then Parker Bray, I think we give him a lot of credit for not winning. You know, didn't make nationals, either college or club. Uh, didn't make the playoffs in the AODL, but man, he threw a lot of assists, you know, just really kind of held dear to what we believe in here. Yeah, Parker Bray's like the jazz musician of Georgia. He's like, it's the games you don't win. <laughs> like the notes you don't play. Wow, man, that's fucking deep. All right, and the winner is... Ron Sadok. There she is, Miss America. What? I can't be. Yep, oh, Ron Sadok. Ben Sadok's excitable father. Wow, player of the year. That's incredible. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Kind of like his, his whole deal. He's just this, you know, five foot five guy holding down a parent sideline all by himself. And then, uh, overwhelming by sheer force of will, entire opposite sideline. Like, all the parents of every other team were just cowed by one very, very, very enthusiastic man. You know, I'm a little shocked by this, quite frankly, but, uh, votes are the votes. Man, what a year. Yeah. Wow. The data hand. I will say the only other player father that comes to mind that's maybe in the same category, other than the dude from Pip, whose dad was going to, like, beat you up at Nationals two years ago. Uh, shout out to Bender's dad. Yeah, shout out to Pete Bender. <laughs> I'm still here, Pete. I'm still here. <laughs> yeah, well, where are you? I'm going to text Bender your address and say, please for the only other one that comes close is Willie Stewart's dad, who was really awesome, and he's a Steeler fan. He was cool uh, at College Nationals this year, and then apparently a bunch of people heard him saying, like, what does the UNC father say when his son's playing on the field? And people are like, what? And he's like, that's my semen out there. <laughs> See, I thought you were going to go with the UNCW dad who during Easterns when they were playing Wisconsin <laughs> yelled, <laughs> 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 
course led to you and shake the pole and Wisconsin having to go 20 yards to win on Universe. They should have just yelled, WAIT! Dude, uh, also Willie Stewart's dad, when they were playing UConn, he's like, he's like, come on, Seaman, beat these nutmeggers. And I was like, okay, phone, Urban Dictionary, how racist and fucked up of a term is nutmeggers? And it just says, a person from Connecticut. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I apologize, Willie Stewart's dad. He's taking all back. Go Steelers. <laughs> oh, man. Alright, next category here, most hashtag legitimate moment. Moment that had the most hashtag legitimacy. Three nominees here. We've got Aaron Rodgers' brother buying the Nashville Night Watch. Mm, and that's uh, big. I want to point out, this is not the one that was on The Bachelor. This is the third brother. Is it seriously not? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's the guy who's like, well, I've got one who's like the greatest quarterback of all time. I've got another brother who's, you know, big famous reality TV. What do I do to I know how Fredo will come out <laughs> top this time? <laughs> You're my kid brother, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> I'm smart. I'm smart. <laughs> I got a, I got a whole team down here in Nashville. <laughs> oh, Green, you know, Rob Lloyd, you don't come to Nashville. And buy out Rob Lloyd. Next nominee, uh, the U.S. Open Mixed Final being featured on ESPN2, real live, gosh darn television. Yeah, real TV, not the Ocho, not even the fucking Cinco. Something your parents could watch by accident. At know, a that's, bar. Like the big, that's the big criteria, right? It's like, could someone stumble onto this by accident? ESPN3, Ulti World, you have to know what you're doing to get there. You have to have a plan that day to watch some Frisbee. This is just, you know, anyone flipping through, hey, what's going on? There's a dude and a chick, and they're, what's, I don't understand this <laughs> at all. Uh, it doesn't conform to my notions of sporting. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's big. That's a pretty big moment. Yeah. And then uh, and the last nominee here, the UNC Wilmington texting scandal. Wow. Hmm. So, ooh. Boy, I wouldn't want to be the one making this decision. Thank God it's not up to you and me, Pat. It's <laughs> That's up right. to the voters. Unclear exactly what the voting constituency is for this. It's like an academy sort of. I, don't know, I mean, it's subscribers. It's, I think. I think it's. I think it's everyone who donated, who bought an Ulti World subscription, to the. Uh... Yeah, you. <laughs> you should have gotten an email that went directly to your spam folder. Oh yeah, it's it's in there. You can check. All right, and the busty goes to. U.S. Open Mixed Finals on ESPN2. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. I think that that makes a lot of sense to me. That makes a lot of sense. Again, the ability for some, like, kind of drunk idiot on the 4th of July to, like, flip through and just be like, I don't, why is that football so, I don't understand. Think about how many people heard Evan Lepler, you know? Yeah. Ooh, man. And then think about those people like 20 years from now remembering back like the first time I ever heard Evan Leppler's voice <laughs> I'll never forget it it was the 4th of July I had gone down into my grandmother's den to avoid my nieces and nephews and I was flipping through the channels and I found ESPN too <laughs> it hit me like you know, a calming wave you know one thing we haven't talked about if the AUDL goes under think about how much less Leppler we're going to have in our lives yeah now, you're going to have to watch ACC football, and as a Pitt fan, I don't envy you. <laughs> you know, we actually we got some promotional material from the AODL here about this, sort of along this line. Um, you know, it being the holiday season and all, uh, they sent this to us. It looks like it didn't end up running on Christmas. Uh, they were trying to get it played on ESPN2. Um, but it looks like this one didn't quite make it onto the actual you know, flagship uh, worldwide leaders network. But uh, it appears as though they had their own sort of alternate ending to It's a Wonderful Life called It's a Wonderful League. Whether or not ESPN2 should have run this, I guess we'll leave up to you. But here we've got the uh, we've got the audio here. We can, uh, we can run it for you now. This would have been a very hashtag legitimate moment if it actually had uh, come to pass. We now return to our broadcast on a dark and stormy Christmas Eve in Frisbee Falls to find the AUDL at the end of its rope. 
I don't understand what's happening. Old man Crawford, he, he, he's put us out of business. He's running Frisbee Falls with an iron fist and forcing everyone to play nationals in his slums of Rockford every year. And it, it, Brody doesn't even recognize me. He's not playing Frisbee at all anymore. He's, he's not dating a, a Cowboys cheerleader or making trick shot videos. He, he's working in the circus, throwing hula hoops onto giraffe's heads. Even Lepler, he won't return my calls. His voicemail message says he isn't the voice of Ultimate, he's the voice of the Bum Fights video circuit. Oh, and and Mary, oh, sweet Mary. My wife Mary, she's, she's working at a library. She, she says she's never heard of Frisbee. And instead of playing the sport, she spent her whole life reading. Oh, God. God, what's happening? Oh, please. Please, Charlie. I, I don't care what happens to me. I just want to be a league again. I want to be a league. Filled with renewed purpose, the AUDL sprints through Frisbee Falls to its league offices. Oh, 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 Merry Christmas, Frisbee Falls. M Merry Christmas, Twitter trolls. Merry Christmas, Sarasota windstorms. Merry Christmas, my boss hating me at work on Monday after a tournament. Hey! Hey, hey, Mr. Crawford! M Merry Christmas! And a Happy New Year to you, in jail. The AUDL returns home to find the organizers of the boycott waiting, telling him that the boycott will proceed unless changes are made immediately. Oh, sure, oh, sure, great, anything, yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll go, Mix. We'll, we'll do it right now. M Mary, Mary, where's my wife? It's the most wonderful news. Once they heard the AUDL was going mixed, everyone started pitching in. Look, the Revolver players are back in. The Molly Brown women are marketing for you now. And here's a telegram from the owners of the Seattle Cascades. Quiet, quiet, quiet. Heard the news about the league. Stop. We totally knew this was going to happen all along and are definitely on the right side of history. Stop. Whatever the league needs, we will sell to them at the same reasonable prices we offer everyone for five ultimate gear. Stop. Oh, oh, Evan, Evan, you, you, you're here. I'm here to chip in however I can. In fact, I'll dedicate half of my 48,000-word Tuesday toss to it, or maybe four-sevenths of it, or three-sevenths. There's a joke in there somewhere. You know, I was talking to Rachel Miller, the assistant to the manager of groundskeeping at Bree Stevens Field, home of the Madison Radicals, and she oh, told that's, me... Oh, that's great, Evan. Good, like good stuff. Thank, thank you. Thanks. Sir. Okay, thank you. Coach says, every time a bell rings, an angel is referred to by its proper pronoun. That's right. That's right. She, he, his, her, their, uh, our, it's, it, they're, they're right. Oh, it's, it's a wonderful league. Well, that was a a huge waste of production time. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd like to apologize for any likenesses we used. And I'd also like to apologize to the family of the late Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> so. Just everybody, I think. Yeah. It's owed one for that. Uh, all right. Well, we've got one award left. Moment of the year coming up stick around it's in the fields it's in the fields welcome back to sin the fields before we get to our last category here tell us what we missed hit us up on twitter at sin the fields send us an email sin the fields at altyworld.com uh, new year's is coming up so be sure to send us a really drunk fuck you, Charlie, on the uh, Sin the Fields Alti World hotline. You can check that out. It's on our Twitter page, at Sin the Fields. We've had some great ones in the past, <laughs> including one of Khalif El-Salam going, like, drunkenly being like, we're going to beat Ego twice, rack up, and rack out. Which won him the spot on the SDF All-Star team that year. That voicemail alone. All right, our last award here. Moment of the year, 
the most prestigious award at the end of the night, and we're not even going to bother reading any other nominees because there's only one thing that mattered in 2017 in Ultimate or in the entire world, and it's the UNC Wilmington texting scandal. Mm. Yeah, Pat. I remember, you know, leafing through Twitter, and it's like, why do we fall? I'm like, okay, <laughs> well, this this could be... This could be anything. I, I guess so. I'm bored enough to click this. So I click it, and I'm like, oh, Brian Casey, yeah, UNCW guy, sweet. And I'm like one paragraph in, I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> yeah, this is like non-ultimate people heard about this. Are you serious? How do you know that? Because of, because of how many, like, because people contacted me that I knew in my real world circles that had like seen it being shared by enough of their ultimate people or whatever, where they were just like, wait, is this shit for real? Like, <laughs> I was like yeah. Yeah. It's crazy from top to bottom. I mean, go back and check out our episode from when we, 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 we covered it, I think as well as, as we possibly could, but it had legs kind of over the year, particularly because Wilmington made the finals. You know, this is the kind of thing where you'd think this could tear a team apart. Right. But, I mean, my ultimate take here is that Brian Casey is just a supervillain. You know, he, like, he, he assessed what would be good for the team. He's got the, like, the charisma of, like, a cult leader. He got everyone to buy in. And uh, he recognized, you know, like, the, the greater good that the team had to be served by him doing this. He saw that a player had to be kind of taken care of. And, uh... <laughs> He acted appropriately. Um, That's the only and, take you can have here, Pat. You you have you have the correct and only take in this situation. Right. Other than that, he's like a wildly negligent and irresponsible person to allow around young adults, let alone just the civilian population. Well, sure, you could say that. Maybe you could say that he's insulated by a cult-like uh, <laughs> island of an ultimate community where that type of behavior goes largely unnoticed because of your status and influence with a team, but uh, if you think that, you'd be wrong. <laughs> Categorically. Dead. Categorically incorrect. <laughs> Dead wrong. Yeah, it's... It, oh. You know, I remember reading that and the, the follow-up articles and everything else and just thinking to myself, it would not shock me if they didn't qualify for nationals and the team imploded because shit was too fucked. But then they made the finals. No, and... this was this was a political move. This is some House of Cards shit, where he's well, maybe not a great reference to make anymore. <laughs> oh about, um, I'm super happy to see how giving this moment of the year holds up in like two years when it turns out that he's been doing way worse shit this whole time. Right. And, and, <laughs> but we can we can treat this award like the Time Magazine cover. You know, it doesn't have to be an endorsement necessarily. Like we gave it to the Bush did 9/11 kid last year, which. <laughs> To be fair, it was 100% an endorsement um, of the kid. Uh, anyways. <laughs> what? Kind of running out of steam here. That about wraps up 2017. <laughs> I think. Sorry for the infrequency of the episodes the past few months. As most of you know, I was in London, and that made things pretty difficult. Uh, but I'm back in the United States for the foreseeable future. So we will be back on a regular schedule. Thanks for sticking it out with us. Thanks, everyone, for tolerating my, like, 3 a.m. rambling nonsense when we did record uh, <laughs> this year. And, uh, yeah, we're going to come right back at it in 2018. Not maybe better than ever or, I don't know, better than we ever were, but we'll, we'll be there. Which I think is how most people kind of feel after 2017. Like, I'm still... I'm still here. We're all still living in it. I think as you put so eloquently after you found out about James Harrison joining the Patriots that we're all just assholes on a piece of rock flying through space. That's exactly right, Pat. Yeah. But congratulations to Brian Casey and the UNCW texting scandal. We're going to not do Trash Trash Fuckboy. Or rather, we are, but we're going to lump uh, everyone from Alti World except Preston. You are trash. Garbage. Trash. That's right. You are fuckboys. Fuckboys. Fuck people, I guess. Because we put out the call, as we do every year, 
for... Oh, Chad, I just want to interrupt you real quick. It's kind of like the boycott thing. You don't have to call it a person cot, because it's actually named after like someone named Boycott. Fuckboy is actually a person's last name. That's where it comes from. <laughs> Steve Fuckboy was an yeah. oil baron. Right. <laughs> <laughs> who treated his workers unfairly, and that is why Fuckboy has risen to the pop culture lexicon. Uh, seriously, Preston... You know, you've been trash. You've been a fuckboy many times. This won't be one of them. You're actually the only person that sent us audio. We put the call out for audio moment of the year every year, and usually we get like five, six uh, different clips from people, people that care, people that put the time in to record themselves rambling like while driving through a McDonald's drive-thru with terrible audio on their cell phone. Keith, um... <laughs> But uh, Preston was the only one to do it. Preston, congratulations. We are now going to play an original song that he made featuring none other than Josh Klain. For Tad Whistle, I'm Patrick Stegemeller. It's been an unending nightmare. It's been literally the worst year of all of our lives. But it's also Benson in the fields. Happy 2018, everybody. <laughs> It's in the fields. Fuck you, Charlie. Fuck you, Charlie. Hey, this is Josh Klein from Cut Camp. Fuck you, Charlie. This is that's not making the cut. Okay. All right. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs>